You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you. And the message coming right up is crafted by heaven, not just to challenge you, but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration, and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Pastor Goodheart Obi Ekweme. We gather again as the one leper who came back to say, thank you. Knowing fully well that thanksgiving is the application for more. Tonight, once again, I beseech you that you open your hands as you satisfy the desire of every living flesh. Somebody is in need of your word. Send your word. Overlook my flaws, shortcomings, inadequacies. As I hide myself behind the cross. Side decrees, let Christ alone be seen. Take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven. On the lips and the tongues of clear of the seven son of yours. That tonight I will come to your people with a thus saith the Lord. We vast always to give you the praise and the glory. For the shift, for the lift. For the twist and the turns that move us into our God ordained destinies. This we ask and receive much more. In Jesus' wondrous name we have prayed. Amen. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. Well, it's a good place to clap and celebrate God for the gift of life. Come on, Roger, you're too quiet. Come on, make some Holy Ghost noise. Give me three hallelujahs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And hallelujah. Now clap your hands, all oh, ye saints. Shout to your God. We the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Whilst you're standing, turn to Hebrews chapter number 12 as we go straight to the word of the Lord. Hebrews 12. Our assignment as was on Sunday is found in the first two, three verses of the 12th chapter of Hebrews. We want to read from the King James Version and then we'll read from the message translation, which happens to my to be my translation of choice for tonight in particular. You will know why if you're not here on Sunday. Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 2. Shall we read together 1 to 3? Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. All right. Message translation, pay careful attention. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans 
cheering us on. It means we'll better get on with it. Strip down. Start running. And never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Who both began and finished the race we're in. Study, underscore the word study, how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor. Right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again. Item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Hello somebody. Somebody just got to pump up. An injection of some adrenaline. <laughs> when you go over his story. See the mountains he went through. The bombs along his way. The twists. The curves. Yet still his gaze was not what he was going through, but where he was going to. Saying where you are right now is not your final destination. This is not the last picture. This is not the last frame of the movie. You are the star of your story. No well-thinking producer of an action-packed movie writes a script where the star dies. <laughs> you may go through a few bumps, a few twists, a few marks, a few lacerations, a few refusals, a few rejections, a few denials, but ultimately because you are the star of your story, you are ending up in the place God ordained. Somebody, anybody, everybody, shout a big amen. amen. For an assignment tonight for part two, keep your eyes on Jesus, part number two. You may be seated in God's wonderful presence. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Touch your neighbor left and right and keep your gaze on Jesus. Keep it on Jesus. I do trust that most of you were in church on Sunday. If you were not, it's a good teaching to get, as with all other teachers in this house. Whether you were there or not, I will recap a few of my thoughts regarding this great, important subject matter as we have been considering through the past few weeks on the person of Jesus Christ. Beyond the veil, it's all about Jesus. One of the paramount things we've begun to see is that there are different dimensions and facets and levels of this person of Christ as relating to a believer. You encounter him at different dimensions, at different levels. 
we saw the entry point for everybody, every unbeliever, is to be a believer, to be born again. Your first encounter with Jesus in the very first place is to receive him. To he that believeth, to he the Lord gave power to become the sons of God. As many as receive him, John 1, 12, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. So power is given to those who believe and receive Jesus. And if you're born again, you've already received him into your heart as your Lord and your Savior. Praise God. But that is not all about Christ. There must be an understanding that you need to learn Christ. You need to grow and mature in Christ. Their attitudes, their cultures, their character of the person of Christ. Praise the Lord somebody. And as we move from the point of learning Christ, we also hopefully, ultimately, get to the point where we are glorified in Christ or where we're made mature in Christ. The Bible refers to that as us coming to the full stature of the fullness of Christ. Ephesians 4.13, we come unto the measure of the full stature of Christ. God wants you and I to experience him in fullness. As a matter of fact, the Bible declares that you and I are complete in Christ. Hello, somebody. Describing Jesus said, in him, Colossa, dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In who? In Christ. Dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. As he was moving from Gennesaret, from River Jordan, to here, to there, to there, that was the Godhead in motion, in bodily, in bodily form in Jesus. Praise God. So you receive him, you grow in him, you mature in him, and ultimately you come to the place of maturity and full stature in Christ. So we see there is a progression. We liken that progression of growth to be the same thing or likened unto it as the people of God left Egypt, the land of, the land of bondage, they came into the wilderness, but ultimately they were headed for Canaan. The wilderness was not their destination. It was a thorough way to where God ordained for them to go to. And we've seen, again, we see that God did not bring you out to keep you out only. He brought you out that he may take you in. Praise God. We've celebrated for a long time that we are out. We are out of sin. I don't lie anymore. I don't smoke anymore. I don't cheat anymore. You know, we're out from Egypt. But, but we have to go beyond celebrating leaving Egypt to begin to celebrate going into Canaan. Hello, somebody. Come on, people. I'm going to shout a big amen. amen. Canaan in the Old Testament was very clearly a, a land that was uh, filled with the blessings of the Lord. The Bible described that land as a land that flows with milk and honey. A lot of abundance. But in that case, also were a people called giants in the land. Their giants should be killed. Their giants should be devoured in your own land. Now, now, now Canaan is not a type of heaven. We've all oftentimes said to ourselves that, you know, when I get there in the sweet by and by, and we're liking Canaan to be heaven. No, Canaan can be a type of heaven because in heaven there are no giants. Praise God. Canaan is a place. In Christ, where you grow into. And if you're going to grow into that place in Christ, 
they are giants to be dispossessed. Catch this. Those giants are not in Christ. No. Those giants are in you. When the Lord said to them that, no, I won't give you the land in one fell swoop. I will give you the land inch by inch so that uh, the, the giants in the land will not overpower you. In other words, you will conquer one city. Listen, catch this now. You will conquer another city. Conquer another city. Conquer another city. Then by the time you're through, hopefully in your lifetime, you will see that you've conquered many cities. Praise God. Track with me. Now in the New Testament or the New Covenant, the cities you're called to conquer. It's not Abuja. It's not London. It's not Paris. It's not Japan. It's not Tokyo. Pastor, where is the city? Right here. The cities you're called to conquer is in your soul dimension. There are giants in your land. The giants are not in your spirit. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. And all things have become of God. Hello, somebody? So, when you say yes to Jesus, your spirit, in my expression, becomes in Christed. All right? It becomes recreated. The Bible says we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God that lives and abides forever. Now, that born again it's not something that occurred in your soul. Now, I'm teaching this with the assumption. You've heard me teach over and over a few principles, few truths, that you are a spirit, you have a soul, you dwell in a physical body, so I'm not rehashing all of that. Praise God. I believe you know that, that you are a spirit, you have a soul, you dwell in a physical body. Praise the Lord, somebody. So when you said yes to the Lord, your spirit became a brand new creature, but you still have a soul to deal with. And the soul realm is a realm of battle and the realm of conquest. Joyce Mayer wrote a book, The Battlefield of the Mind. Speaking about the mind being the battlefield of warfare. What warfare? Spiritual warfare. So whilst your spirit has been in Christ yet, you have a soul which is the anchor between your spirit and your physical body. Listen carefully. That's your spirit. This is your soul at the core, and this is your physical body. This deals with your externalities. Within is the soul. In the innermost chamber is the holy of holies or your spirit. Now, this soul, listen carefully, is going to, the state of the soul will be a determinant as to who win the battle. When the soul tips to this direction, the spirit wins the battle. The Bible describes that kind of soul, listen carefully, to be spiritually minded. Praise God. When the soul tilts to this direction, the flesh will win the battle. And the Bible describes that kind of soul, a carnal minded, or to be carnally minded. 
So the battle primarily is here. So sometimes we have to be cautious about how we do this thing called deliverance. You don't kick devils with your leg. You don't do kung fu with devils. Pow, pow. That's not warfare. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Strongholds. Casting down what? Imagination. Pictures are images. Imaginations. Hello, somebody. And all of that is in the realm of the soul. Oh, my God. It's in the realm of the mind. Listen carefully. So the point I'm making is this. Your soul ultimately is where God wants to conquer. Where he wants your, your spirit to conquer. So when we speak about you taking cities. I don't know how I got here. But listen. When we speak of you taking cities. Taking cities. Inch by inch. Place by place. Listen carefully. Those cities you're taking. Wow. Is in the realm of your soul. Pastor. What are the cities? I will tell you because you asked. The Bible in Galatians speaks of the works of the flesh <laughs> and speaks of the fruit of the Spirit. Praise God, somebody. What are the works of the flesh? Adultery, fornication. Come and help me out. Huh? Let's go there. Galatians what? 5 verse 22, I think. 5, 19 or thereabout. Let's read that. want to emphasize a few things there. So that you can see what the cities you are taking are. <laughs> Galatians 5 verse number 19. <clears throat> but when you follow... I'm reading from the Living, Living, Living Translation, by the way. When you follow your own wrong inclinations... Your lives will produce these evil results. Impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, spiritism. That is encouraging the activity of demons, hatred and fighting, jealousy and anger, constant effort to get the best for yourself. Complaints and criticisms. The feeling that everyone else is wrong except those in your own little group. And there will be wrong doctrine. Listen carefully. Envy, murder, drunkenness, wild parties, and all that sort of thing. Let me tell you again, as I have before, but anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. The King James calls this the works of the flesh. But the works of the flesh are not just the flesh at work. The works of the flesh have their root in the soul. They are only manifesting and expressing themselves where? Where? In the flesh. So Jesus was teaching and said, sins like adultery and so on and so forth, uh, they, 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 they don't come out of your mouth, 
but they're things that come out from your heart. Praise the Lord, somebody. So these works we've mentioned here, they have their root in the soul. So the cities to be conquered. It's not you taking over Abuja. That is partially true. Say, so we're taking over. Yeah, we're taking over. I have dominion. I have dominion. Wow, we're taking over. Now, that, that, is, that is at a lower level. Because nobody can rule over another thing or another one, listen carefully, until he or she has succeeded in ruling self. Are you still here? Because all this idea of the church is taking over nations. Wow, we're taking over. I agree. But the point is, I, I, we need to put all of that in perspective. Until you have been able to conquer the cities, oh my gosh, of your soul, you can't conquer the cities of the world. Oh man, are you still here? Now, let me go home. Pride is a city. Covetousness is a city. Anger, outburst, is a city. Strife, malice, jealousy, they are cities. Witchcraft, ungodliness, they are what? They are cities. So you can continue to go on with life just because you have received Christ. Living your life, quote unquote, normally, very after, without understanding that it is God's intention for you between here, Egypt, to Canaan, to constantly receive Christ, which seems, see what it means to, no, to, to grow in Christ, to mature in Christ, and as you do, something happens. When you grow in Christ, there is a law of displacement and replacement at work. Christ cannot come into you, your heart, until there is a commensurate displacement. I take it home. That is why when you've taken a moment to focus on certain things you know you're dealing with. Let's isolate pride for an example. Mm. A child of God got born again. Or let me, let me, let me use anger because uh, a brother testified uh, uh, some weeks ago in our retreat in January how he was born again but he dealt, he, he had to battle battle with the spirit of anger. So let's pick up anger as an example. So I am born again here. I got saved. I received Christ. I begin to walk with Christ. But I see that I, I keep on throwing tantrums and everything that happens I shoot and with all kinds of anger and venom. And, and you know that what I am manifesting is contrary to the person and the nature and the character of who I received. Hello somebody. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Have you been there, have you been there before? Yeah. If you don't say yes, then we're all liars. I've been there and I'm still there. 
anger may not be your own case. For some, it is jealousy. You just can't see a brother move forward and say, Oh, now leave that. For some, it is pride. And pride hides in different ways. In more recent times, by the virtue of my getting to the word of God, heaven is pointing out to me, spotlight, there's still areas of pride big time in my life. And until the light of God's word shines, you can carry things even you don't know you're carrying. You may pretend that all is well, under standard temperature and pressure, you can be calm and not release outburst. But when the standard and the temperature and the pressure is heated up, then the real thing you're carrying will respond. And you must be grateful and thankful to God when he takes the light of the word to reveal to you what you're carrying without you being exposed. It's a blessing for the light of God's word to shine into the dark sanctum of your heart to show you the little foxes you need to deal with. It's a blessing. That's why it is sad for believers to sit on their teachings and preachings that only here it is well. Oh yes, I know the scripture. First Samuel 3.10, say it to the Isaiah 3.10, say ye to the righteous, it shall be well. But the truth be told, it is not going to be always well with the righteous. In the sense that when things are revealed to you that is in your heart, you've got to deal with it. You don't stick your head like uh, an ostrich and pretend it's going to go away. You don't wish trouble away. You don't wish uh, uh, anger away. You don't wish pride away. You don't wish envy away. You confront it. Until you confront it, you won't conquer it. <laughs> Are you still here? I'm off script, but I'm enjoying myself. We began by saying that there is a Canaan. And in a typical Canaan, there are giants there. And we said, that Canaan is not heaven. That Canaan is a place of growth and maturity attaining Christ. What happens there? At that point in time, you've begun to displace and dislodge the cities of your soul. <laughs> wow. Wow. You see, if you fail to do nothing about the cities of your soul, the giants will remain. But if you rise up and take the necessary God-given ammunition and weaponry, which I'll share with you next few moments, to begin to deal with them, to confront with them, you begin to come into your Canaan gradually, but surely. Somebody shout, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So God brought them out to what? 
to bring them in. Very important. And there is a process of maturity. A process of growing up. Saints, <clears throat> growing up in Christ speaks of discipleship. And I believe in the month of April, I just sense that, I'm going to spend some time in our ministry teachings, hopefully, except the losses otherwise, to teach on growing up spiritually. Because I realize it's a much needed teaching to return back to the fundamentals of discipleship. Because great times of difficulty is already here and is still coming to the church and to the world at large. And the saints need to be fortified so that under pressure will not give up or give in or compromise. So that bulwarks of truth and pillars and piles of truth become sent to our souls to be able to carry us through the storms and the billows and the tempests of this time and this generation. We can't afford to be sufficient believers and flaky believers who are called hypocrite believers. Jumping from one place to the other, from one new thing to the next new thing. But believers who know the Lord, their God, who are strong, who God will use to do exploits. Growing up spiritually. Discipleship. Jesus called the, his disciples, first and foremost, from the crowd to himself. And then he released them from himself to go to the world. There's a moment of being called from the world to Jesus. That moment is a moment of learning Christ. Praise God somebody. The world is waiting for sons. Romans 8, 19. For the earnest expectation of the creator waits earnestly for the manifestation of the sons of God, of the sons of God, of the sons of God. How God will that sons will emerge from this house. Sons are not tossed to and fro easily. Sons, sons don't take decisions based on feelings. Sons don't go to church when they feel like going to church. Sons go to church as a matter of covenant commitment to be with God and to be with the people of God. The Bible declares, don't you forsake the gathering of one another. Sons don't give when they feel like or when they don't feel like. Sons give because nature has become their lifestyle. Sons don't pray when they feel like praying because you won't always feel like praying. I don't always feel like praying. By the way, it may surprise you. I don't always feel like preaching to you or to anybody in the world. But I don't walk by feelings. I was sharing with my son some days ago about diligence and how he needs to do things based on commitment, dedication, covenant, not because he feels like it. And I said to him, the times I haven't felt like doing certain things that are spiritual, but I got up, received inspiration in my mind where the times they were literally an amazing gossip. There was the extra of God on the ordinary of man. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. We still have to go back to the rugged teaching of faith. 
We walk by faith, not by sight. You are not going to enjoy victory in this life except you learn to walk by faith. It's still in the Bible. Forget technology. Praise God somebody. First John 5, 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the, not a, the victory that overcomes the world. The same old rugged faith. Jesus said, when the Son of Man shall come, will he find faith on the earth? The faith of man is waning, is shaken. We have to go back to the rudiments of faith. The kingdom is found on three pillars. Hope, faith, and love. The greatest of these is love. These three are bites. I believe 1 Corinthians 13, 13. These three are bites. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of them is love. Why? Because even faith needs love to work. Hello, somebody. Faith walks by love. Hope needs love to walk. I don't believe that there's a God except I know he loves me. So love fuels my hope, my expectancy. Love fuels my faith, my belief system. Praise God. So please get your faith on. Keep the switch of faith on. What has the Lord spoken to you? Believe God. Believe his word. Let God be true. Let every man be a liar. What has the Lord said concerning your health? I don't care how you feel. Feel any how you want to feel. Feel like you've been run over by a car. That devil is a liar. By the stripes of Jesus Christ, you were healed. I don't care how broke you feel, what is not in your bank account. I don't make my dreams based on money. No, based on the word of God. If you can see it, you can seize it. As far as you see, God said, I give to you, not as far as you have in your pocket. He said to Abraham, Genesis 13, 14, from where you are, look northward, look southward, look eastward, look westward, as far as you can see. What do you see, Roderick? Don't you see God taking you to the nations? Don't you see God making you a world record breaker? Don't you see God making you a lion crosser? Don't you see God using you to break the siege in your lineage? They said in your family, people die before 49. Your case is different. They said when they marry, they don't have kids. Your case is different. Not have two, three degrees. Your case is different. Hello, somebody. You are designed by God to be a line crosser, to be a record breaker, to be a world champion. Not by power. First John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in you than every devil, every demon in the world. Somebody shout, I believe I receive. Something is happening here. You are not ordinary. You're going somewhere to happen. If only you believe it. Don't just hear words of prophecy and teachings and go to bed with it. You just came through a conference four days. God, listen to those messages. Powerful teachings here and there. Bam, bam, bam. Many have gone to sleep on them. They're waiting for the next conference. Next brother. Oh, give us the next fix. No. That word you heard, go back and do something with it. The word spoken to some people did not profit them. Hebrews 4.2, I believe. Because they did not mix. Somebody say mix. 
mix. They don't mix the word spoken with faith. The same word being spoken from this sacred desk is going to the cities and nations through multimedia. People across the world and in this house, in this room, they are doing something with it. What are you doing with your own? Praise God. The gentleman testified, he came to Abuja as Abraham left his comfort zone to where he did not know. And strange doors are opening. How will you be in front of an echo or something? I like you. Are you a magician? It's called the garment of favor. I like you. I'll give you something. From nowhere. I mean from where? We have, we have limited our life expectancy to normal thinking. I believe anything can happen in my life. One word is enough to change you. One word is enough to rock your world. I pray that that word comes your way tonight in the name of Jesus. Ezekiel 2.2 He spake unto me. His spirit entered into me. And I stood up on my feet. The word is not to entertain you. It is spirit and life. If you allow the word to enter you, it will cause you to stand up on your feet. Economic feet, you're standing up. Emotional crippleness or whatever it is, you're standing up. Psychological crippleness, you're standing up. Up on your feet, up on your feet, in your mind, in your psyche, in your mentality, in your spirituality. You are standing up on your feet. You know, the word pushes, the word changes, the word shifts. The word brings a lift. When you tie it with your own faith. Say, they did not mix. Ah, ah. When you hear God's word, say, I mix it, I receive it. Hello, somebody. I see you on the rise. I see you on the rise. I see you on the rise. They that wait upon the Lord their God, they are, shall be strong. They shall mount up with wings of eagle. Run and not weary. Combining two scriptures at the same time. <laughs> I just combined Daniel 11 32 and Isaiah 40 31 31. It's all just jamming there. Uh huh. It's called mixing. Hey, it's called mixing. Daniel 11.32. Isaiah 40.31. It's called what? Mixing. As you wait upon him, you renew your strength. You mount up with wings as of eagle. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and faint not. That, that means from the place of waiting, your first experience is not to crawl you get that tomorrow you will get that next year maybe they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they will mount up with wings of eagles and they will run and not be weary somebody said I'm on the run I am on the run there is a race we are running oh Kononga looking unto Jesus Keto Balaha Looking unto who? Jesus. Hebrews 12 2. The author and the finisher of our salvation. Who for the joy that was set 
before him endured not enjoyed he endured the cross why for the joy there was something he was looking for your gaze must be on the trophy your gaze must be on the breakthrough you must tell yourself after i humble myself heaven echo to god is going to rise me up again heaven is going to promote me jesus said to john the baptist suffer it to be so for now you can baptize me. I am your maker. I am your creator. Baptize me. It's okay for now. But after now, the heavens are about to be opened. You, John, will hear a voice from the celestial glory announcing my time. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I believe that somebody's announcement is around the corner. Shall I believe I receive? Announcement, 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 announcement of approval, announcement of endorsement, announcement that is your moment. You can't do anything about an idea whose time has come. Roger, you are not a good idea. You are a what? A God idea. And your time. You are in a prophetic company. You can't be bowed down and morosed. People are flying home. My email jams with any amazing testimonies. Amazing. Is it from Canada? Is it from America? Is it from Nigeria? Amazing. Of the deeds of God. On account of people hearing the word, mixing it with faith. It's mixing. Somebody said, I will mix it with faith. I believe. I believe. I believe. Thank you, Jesus. Can you bless him for 30 seconds? Kado kone. Bero nongodo. Kalanana. Kede gede gede. Shendo goborobo. Konega bababa. Hero melo. Hero melo. Bless him. Kambo gobo bobo bobo. Armanagabalabasuko. All the glory. You are the doer of every good thing in our lives. Oh, every good gift. Ha! Every perfect gift. All is from you, our Father. All across the world on the internet, multimedia, bless your God where you are. There is no distance and barrier in the realm of the Spirit. The same God who is all over this sanctuary is with you where you are. To heal you, to save you, to deliver you, to change you. Just believe God. The heavens are open. Over families, there's a porter. Karanda Gaboska. Ekete Grumbadabos. Irmanonda, Irmanonda. Oh God, thank you for making this place a Bethel. Where angels ascend, Ikoto, upon the ladder, let loose from heaven, ascend and descend, ascend and descend. A gateway, as John the divine said, I saw a door open in the heavens. Katoka, a portal, Roborombria Gados. Kananamanas, Hallelujah. Saints, it is important for us to cultivate this attitude of receiving the words of Christ, embracing them. 
believing them, running with them. It is my personal opinion that the proper teaching on Christ is the answer to the world today. But also the answer, much needed answer to the church today. Jesus is the answer. Not just for the world, but even for the church. <laughs> we need to return the church to focus and refocus on the person of Jesus. Our gaze. We've sometimes shifted from looking at Jesus to superstars in the body of Christ. Quote, unquote. There's only one star. It's called the morning star. one we must get the check back on track as it were to gaze on Jesus for after all is said and done it's really all about Jesus if you take the pain to go through scriptures you'll find from time to time where the Bible speaks in these words that the ministers of the gospel they preached Christ they preached Christ Acts 3 19 in the words of Apostle Peter. Repent ye therefore and be converted. That your sins may be blotted out. <laughs> when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ. Listen carefully. Which before was preached unto you. So Christ was preached. <laughs> Dogma wasn't preached. Christ was preached. Philosophy wasn't preached. Christ was preached. Theology, quote unquote, wasn't preached. Christ. Christ. Keeping your gaze, the focus on Christ. <laughs> Acts 8.5 Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ. Preached what? Not self. Unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Preach Christ. The Bible speaks of them who preach themselves and not Christ. By the time somebody stands to tell you about stories and stories and stories in 30 minutes and he's preaching, when he's done, all you hear is stories, story. You know, I went there, I came here, the mountain came. Oh, I came there. Oh, in those days. Oh, in those days. Preach Christ! Your story can't heal me. Your story can't change me. Only Christ can change me. Acts 9.20 and straightway he preached Christ. This Apostle Paul, as he was converted. And straightway, immediately, he preached what? Christ in the synagogues. That he is the Son of God. He preached Christ. Please, preachers, let's be deliberate. Let's be emphatic. Preach Christ. Whatever we're preaching, let's preach Christ. Healing, faith, deliverance, let's preach Christ. When we start teaching more and more and emphasizing more on Christ in our teachings, the church will begin to be challenged to grow up in the image of Christ. Now, as I teach Christ, listen, husbands, wives, there's no way you hear the teaching of Christ, husbands, and you, you have the nerve to lift your hand to slap your wife. Ah, uh -huh. That's not Christ. Christ will drive away self-centeredness. Real Christ, not false Christ. 
It will run away pride. Some days I was just thinking in my little meditation. I said, Lord, you know, I've had a number of people, and please allow me to be vulnerable. A, a number of people who, in the body of Christ, they're, they're, they're seemingly preaching Christ. And seemingly preaching grace, right? But I said, God, are they, are they all not saying the same thing? He said, no. He said, no. Anybody who sincerely has caught a measure of the revelation of Christ will have an index amongst many. True humility. He said, nobody encounters Christ and preaches Christ with a sense of cockiness and pride and arrogance. <laughs> Only if you got that. May the Lord give you understanding. May the Lord really give you understanding. We, this helps you to tell the false from the truth. From the truth from the false. You can seem to say the same thing as other people are saying. But if the fruits of what you're saying don't show in your life, I'll be slow to receive what you're saying. If you're preaching Christ, you can't preach Christ with cockiness and arrogance. Selah. Ah. It's good to speak like this. All right, two things Jesus came to do. Number one, he came to reveal and show us the Father. Number two, he came to show us the patterned Son of God. In other words, how do we as his children live here on the earth victoriously? We've thought over and over Christ is the very image of God that we're to conform to. Hebrews 1, 1. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. Wow. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. He's called the express image of his person. We are to follow and we're to imitate Christ. Did you get that? We're to follow and we're to imitate Christ. You only follow a minister of the gospel as long as he or she is following Christ. It's nothing wrong to follow a minister of the gospel. You should follow. Apostle Paul said, imitate me or follow me as I follow or imitate Christ. So it's in place. It's in order. But the point is, we cannot successfully follow a Christ we don't know. And miracles of Jesus and the mighty deeds of the master in his earthly ministry is what readily comes to our mind when we speak of following and imitating Jesus. But we've seen before, there is a marked difference between the works of God, the works of Jesus, and the ways of God and the ways of Jesus. We're seeing his ways precede his works. 
His ways are, as a matter of fact, for all intended purposes, greater than his works. Psalm 103 verse 7. Says God, he made known his ways to Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. Because contained in the way are the acts. He that knows what to do has a job. He that knows how to do what to do, wisdom, will be the boss. You get that tomorrow. He that knows what to do, knowledge, has a job. He that knows how to do, what to do, will be the boss. Wisdom will always rule and reign over knowledge. Through me. Who's me? Wisdom. Proverbs 8. Kings rule. Princes reign. Wisdom rules. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 10.15. The labor of the foolish man wearied them, makes them tired, frustration. Why? They don't know how to go to the city. What's how? Wisdom. There is a how to enter the city. Hello, somebody? Enough of fumbling and wumbling. There's a way out. Ask the Lord the way out. There is a way out of what you're going through. There is a way out of that test. There is a way out of that trouble. There is a way out of the rejection. There is a way out. How do I know? First Corinthians 10, 13. God will not allow you to be tempted, tested, tried more than you are able, but he will with the temptation make a way of escape. There's a way out. Please stop yourself. There's a way out too. You will not die like this. Charlie, I say in Ghana, Charlie, you know, good, you know, good memo like this. Gebo. Don Ezra. Not that, no. Don Ezra. I, I, I know what I'm saying. Don Ezra. Don Kappa. <laughs> it's prophetic. Don Ezra. Uh -huh. There is a way out. This is not your rest. There's a way out. I said there's a way out. May God, who is the miracle worker and the way maker, make a way for you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. A way out of difficulty. A way out of pain. A way out of disease and infirmity. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every yoke destroyed. Every burden lifted. Every chain, every feather cut asunder in the name of Jesus Christ. May this be your hour of visitation, your hour of emancipation, your hour of liberty, your hour of freedom. Can somebody shout, I believe I receive. There's a way out. He that made his ways known to Moses and his acts. So, when we talk about knowing Jesus, we think about the act, okay? He caused blind Bartimaeus to see. Uh, he caused the one with the issue of blood 12 years to, uh, to dry up. He caused uh, the centurion. No, no, no. That, those are acts. That's wonderful. But there is an inner driver, Kondo Golosa. I'll spend time by his help for us to look at some of those inner drivers inner drivers, character, and nature working in Christ that actually were the drivers to the healing. Compassion. 
Love for God. Love for the sinner. Love for the world. Humility. Meekness. Those are inner drivers. Service to humanity. Inner drivers. You should be more interested in the inner working, the inner driving than the signs and the wonders. Remember, he that knows how will be the boss. He that knows the inner drivers will be the boss of miracles. I believe we'll come to a place of character development in Christ where miracles begin to follow us. We don't even look for them. Unannounced, bam. You touch this one, you're not even touching because you're laying hands, you're just, you're just passing by, just normally like anyhow, bam, bones are rearranged. Inner drivers. Praise God, somebody. Lift those hands and bless the Lord. Canos queremos. Come ahead and bless the Lord. We're going to celebrate him in the next few minutes. In a moment of dance and just celebrate him five, seven minutes of reckless praise. But I want you to open your mouth and bless him. Oh, for the joy of not only receiving you. Wow. For the joy of growing up gradually towards my kingdom. Can you bless the Lord? Can you bless the Lord? Can you bless the Lord? Go ahead. 30 seconds. Bless the Lord. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Goodhart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rajik, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, HORM, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the torch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, or get more messages or books from Pastor Goodhart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That's info at r-h-o-g-i-c dot org. Also, download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of free quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Pastor Goodhart on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at Pastor Goodhart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with His Spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth. Sunday and midweek service day. There are days many people traditionally get up in their best outfits and gather together to scratch a religious itch. But not anymore. At Revival House of Glory International Church, Roger. Sunday and Wednesday are not just church because God is very deliberate about his agenda in this age and church as usual will not cut it in the times we're in. Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, is an apostolic gathering of God's people experiencing old-time revival for new era realities. God is bringing back his power and is calling you to carry it to the world. Sunday celebration service at 8 a.m. on Sundays and the Word and Worship Wednesday service every Wednesday at 5.45 p.m. at Rogic. All hold at the Golden Bird Event Center, Plot 859 A. Ame Ebute Street, Wye District, Abuja, 
and your host is Goodhart Obi Ekweme on Sunday at 8 a.m. and Wednesday at 5.45 p.m. Don't just come to church, be the church. After all, there's already enough religion in the world. Revival House of Glory International Church is an expression of the Horn of Revival Ministry. Sunday and midweek service day. There are days many people traditionally get up in their best outfits and gather together to scratch a religious itch. But not anymore. At Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, Sunday and Wednesday are not just church because God is very deliberate about His agenda in this age and church as usual will not cut it in the times we're in. Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, is an apostolic gathering of God's people experiencing old-time revival for new era realities. God is bringing back His power and is calling you to carry it to the world. Sunday celebration service at 8 a.m. on Sundays and the Word and Worship Wednesday service every Wednesday at 5.45 p.m. at Rogic. All hold at the Golden Bird Event Center, Plot 859 A. Ame Ebute Street, Wye District, Abuja. And your host is Goodhart Obi Ekweme. On Sunday at 8 a.m. and Wednesday at 5.45 p.m. Don't just come to church, be the church. After all, there's already enough religion in the world. Revival House of Glory International Church is an expression of the Horn of Revival Ministry.